spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. I hate Supercoach. I hate David Fafita. I hate Katoni Staggs. I hate Xavier Coates. Uh, James Tedesco, he can also get in the bin. Who else is on the chopping block? Mm, a lot of people. My side is not good. My audio is also awful in this podcast. I am your host, Yassi Whisperer, joined by Aman, as always. Mate, my score... For the first time in probably three, four weeks is shocking. Yours, however, is good. How are you? Yep, thanks, Whisperer. Um, yeah, they had a good week. Thanks to a few of those guys that you're not so happy with. Um, I'll happily take their points. Uh, but yeah, it was a good week. Uh, a few updates went my way. Um, a few players were sold. Uh, we'll touch on a little bit later. Did not help me out. But no, it was a good week, and yeah, condolences. You've been you've been flying pretty high, but yeah, this is just um, a bit of a crash back to earth, unfortunately for yourself. Yeah, I reckon everything that I did early on was just like working wonderful. This week we traded out for feeder. Uh, the age old adage of don't trade keepers. Uh, it kind of came back to bite me in the butt. We bought Talakai in for that low break, even for that juicy matchup as to what we thought would have been against James Roberts. Didn't fare out too well. I mean, 54 with potential and upgrade coming, so we could go to 70, which is nice. But we traded out Sam Walker for Cleary, who did sweet FA. Just not ideal. What trades did you end up going with, and, and did, did they work in your favor? Um, so so I took out condolences to myself. I took out Katoni Staggs, and I took out, um, what's his name? Oh. I'm actually blanking. I'm blanking on who the other person I took out. Oh, sorry, Amon. That's right. Took out Stags and Amon, and I brought in Bo Fermor from the Titans, and I also brought in um, Taylor May. Taylor May was an obvious one. I had to get him in, and Fermor thought nice dual flexibility. He did okay, not amazing, um, and obviously we know how Stags went. So yeah, the probably immediate points of these trades did not work out. But look, I had a good week, so feeling okay about it. Uh, Bo Fermor. Uh, like I know that he's he, he is just a forty point or eighty point kind of guy, but I mean the the forty points on top of everything that happened for me this week not ideal. Uh, I ended up with a nine twenty four, so less than a thousand. We're well below par this week, and that top five hundred rank that we had is uh yeah gone. Um, mate, I reckon you'll be climbing the ranks pretty pretty nicely. You've got an eleven sixty seven pre updates. I mean, it's not hard to climb ranks where I'm sitting about, I think I'm about 28k. I had a horrid few, first few weeks, but the last two have been good. So yeah, hopefully should be seeing some green arrows. We'll see with updates. There's a few points that I'm thinking might get taken away. But look, overall, I think I should still be above 1100. Uh, sorry. Yeah, 1100. So yeah, feels like a good week. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's touch on the round that was. Game one, the Knights 6, the Turboless Sea Eagles 30. 
Uh, in my tipping, I went seven from eight, and we were none from one after the first round. So took the took the Knights here. They started the season flying high, but coming back to earth a little bit. Um, top score was a forty nine from Kurt Manson. <laughs> Don't know how much we can touch on the Knights in this performance because they were not good. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one because we've seen them do really well to begin the season, but yeah, the performance just seemed a little bit off. Um, Manly, on the other hand, you know, without Turbo, seemed to do okay there. Um, a few good performances from their end, but yeah, with the Knights, you know, no one cracking fifty, not really much there from Supercoach perspective. Uh, a few of the players who we had some interest in, maybe a couple of weeks back, you know, like Clifford, Clune, um, Dom Young, uh, even Gagai, for example, none of them really went huge. So yeah, it kind of gives you a little bit more pause for thought about, you know, whether you're not you want know, to jump in. They still do have a pretty tough draw as well. So yeah, and and Chris Randall, uh, will you, I'll, I'll let you. Do you want to lead off with Chris Randall and your feelings towards him this week? Oh man, like I just knew it was a curse week when like Chris Randall could have had. What did he end up with? Forty five. That could have been a sixty two. Uh, but the bloke's got hands for feet. We we were on Starling all week basically from lockout until seven thirty on Friday on Thursday. And then, obviously, yeah, doing the deadline the deadline stream, the chat just sort of got to me, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Melbourne are just going to shut down. Um, Melbourne is going to shut down the Raiders, and Randall could go well. Um, I was very fortunate that he played 80 minutes because of the, all the injuries that they had, and it was, yeah, just not looking good. Um, I don't know what to do with Randall. His money-making potential is getting capped. Like, he had the 60, what, he had the 60 last week, so it's going to be there for another couple of weeks. But after that, like, there's just... It's just struggle street with with him. He's just a plotter. Um, he's just not making the tackles that we were hoping. Like we were hoping he'd be a fifty points in base tackles guy alone. With the, like he just doesn't want to run the ball at all, does he? No, you're right. It's just tackles. So he made forty two tackles, but like literally nothing else. Um, you know, a couple of offloads in there, but he doesn't run at all. So you know, like his points are basically just tackles, right? So like forty two tackles is a, a, a great amount, but when you're not doing anything else you're going to hover around this kind of, you know, 40 to 50 range. Occasionally he does have those, you know, slightly higher scores. But, yeah, it seems like with him it's going to be a bit of a slow burn and I don't think it's going to be a massive issue, you know, if you want to try upgrade to someone like a Grant or a Cook in the in the few weeks to come. Yeah, I said to you, like, my initial trade thoughts are um, upgrade, well, not upgrading, but moving on from a front rower so I can move Tamolo up um, because I'm not too sure how much I can rely on Max King, or do I upgrade Hooker? Starling showed potential, so maybe we go with the front row option, but yeah, we are needing a Hooker. Apart from that, I think my side is okay. I just didn't have those high-ceiling guys that sort of I've had for the last two weeks' score, so we'll have to look at at look at, look at Randall and look at moving him on. Um, as for the Knights, though, mate, I'm not really going to touch on many. Uh, Brody Jones, 47. He will most likely make his way into my side next week. Uh, 275k won't set the world alight, but I think he will be solid enough. He'll probably plod along, get 45, 50 points a game. That's shown the increase with match fitness as well. But what are your thoughts on, on Brody Jones at 275? Yeah, I probably should touch on him. So what, what do you get? A 40, um, 47. 47 this week and then 32 last week. So yeah, uh, again, just coming back from you know injury, also had COVID, I believe. So it's still a bit of a slow progress. So I don't think he'll be a bad option to bring in. I don't imagine that he'll be a serious money maker to start with, but someone you can plug in there, you know, if you're downgrading, there's a few mid ranges in the second row forward or even your front row forward. Cause we will Nanai. have that flexibility added in now as well. Nanai, yeah. Nanai is a good, um, good shout there. So there's a few options I think that you've got that you can kind of come down to create some funds. So yeah, I don't think he'll be a world beater, but he'll be fine. I think it's a nice downgrade option this week. 
as I said, not much to talk about from the Knights, but shout out to Jai Mamasia. Um Started the season at, what, 220K. Uh, I think he's bottom dollar as we speak. He is. Well, he got a three-pointer on the weekend, which is which is lovely. Um, and he is currently sitting at 178K and with a break-even of, what was it, 37 uh, you can't go below bottom dollar, but I'll tell you what, he, he would be a prime candidate for picking him up for sub 100000 if that was possible. That experiment has not worked out for owners, has it? No, definitely not. Although one person did still think that there was some potential with Momosia. I saw that one person traded out Dylan Brown for Momosia this week. So, strange move um, when Dylan Brown just got back-to-back tons, but maybe he saw some potential in Momosia. But I think the rest of us are seeing that. He's just an AE nightmare. I don't even know what you can do at his price anymore, but... Yeah, with him playing just so few minutes, I think just trade him out if you can because he's going to be an A nightmare. As for Manly, plenty jumped off the holy moly schwoly bandwagon. He bounced back with an A3. Um, yeah, I guess it just goes to show that don't panic after a couple of poor performances. You buy these guys for a reason, and he just looked elite. Like, I was worried with him with no turbo, but 83 points and what he had a try and a line break. So even, was that 50 points in basically base? That, that is what you're after with the attacking upside of Olakowatu? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was seeing people trade him out this week, and I didn't think it was an, a great move. Like, he doesn't necessarily have the highest floor, but he does have this upside to get his attacking stats. Um, you know, 31 tackles, though, six, ta- uh, six points in tackle breaks, um, a few run meters there as well. So the floor was around 45 this week, which is which is pretty solid. Manly still do have a good draw as well. Um, and, you know, with Cherry Evans taking more of the forefront, I think with Turbo out, just means more of the player might go down that right side. So Hamoli should hopefully still continue. So anyone who's held, obviously, uh, you know, will definitely still hold him. But he's still a decent buy, you know, if you are looking to go around that price range in the 2RF. Yeah, I'm, I am I am looking at him. Uh, one person that I am, I've got but I'm worried about, I was hoping that the Knights would win this and we get Cooler to come back in, but... I boosted for Cooler last week. I, I knew full well that he wouldn't be here, but I had to boost to get Cleary in. Do you think that Tupin Lottie or Christian, yeah, Christian Tupin Lottie has done enough to to hold the spot, or do you think Garrick will just go back to the wing and, and Cooler will come in? Surely you'd think Cooler comes in because he was first choice, but a 30-6 to six pretty dominant win is, is worrying. It's worrying, but it also maybe gives Des some comfort that, look, he doesn't have to necessarily... Um, you know, he can fall back on a couple of, you know, lower grade players. I still think because Kula was named there and he's shown good form in the promise and promise in trials and a couple of ma- matches as well, I would expect him to come back in and he would definitely firm up as a serious buy, I think, in the next week if he is named again on Teamless Tuesday. I don't own him. Uh, you know, if I look to do a downgrade somewhere in my center wing or in my second row forward, I think he'll still be a, a good option. So, yeah, I, I, would, my, I would put money on, well, not that I bet, but um, uh, I would probably put Kula straight back into the team. That, that would be my thinking. Yeah, really, really hoping so. Uh, game two of the week, the Warriors get the one-point win over the Cowboys. I don't think the Warriors won this. The Cowboys definitely lost it. Uh, top scored by Ewan Aiken with a 94, Josh Curran with a 92. So, great week for me because I ragged on both these guys all preseason and they come out and score a combined 186 points. Are you an Aiken slash current owner? Uh, I am an Aiken owner, which was very nice to see. He got a very healthy upgrade, so I'm not sure where exactly that came in, but it's kind of what I was ho- like. It's good to see him get like 94 points because that's kind of what I was hoping for in the preseason. You know, he's got really good base. They had a good draw coming up, so I thought there's potential for some tries and attacking stats there, which he got this week. So 94, like I'm really happy with that. And even current again shows that ability. Even if he plays on the edge or lock, he probably is scoring better on the edge but he's just that kind of player um sorry he scored better actually at lock my mistake but um 
he's just that kind of player who you know just racks up points. He made forty six tackles in addition to his try, so he's safe as houses. Curran, so still, you know, I'm 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 a big Curran fan. I still think there's never going to be a bad time to buy him. I think if you haven't got him now, you're going to maybe just wait a little bit to see what it like uh, what it looks like with Tohu Harris back. But yeah, very happy you and I can only hear. Yeah, 580k for Josh Curran with a 79 break even. So he's not going to go astronomical. Uh, I'm curious to see. I, I always preferred him on the edge for his super coach stocks. I wasn't buying him at, at 13. But yeah, very keen to see what happens at lock. It looks like Tony uh, Eli Katoa is just out of favor completely. Um, so you'd think that, yeah, Curran just takes over that lock spot full time. Uh, Jesse Arthur's got an 80 point affair. Uh, you could look at him as a sort of smoky center wing option. Um, the price point for him is 366k now, uh, but had a one break even, so that will go up to probably 400k, which is, I guess, a touch out of range for what I'd be comfortable paying. As for Adam or Blake, 53 points, 502k, 60 break even. He's going to go down in price ever so slightly, but it's just not what we were hoping. I had him penciled in for uh, p- pushing to be a top five front row forward this year for Supercoach, but it just hasn't worked out. He's looks like. 55 is sort of a good game for him if he doesn't get any attacking stats. I'm not confident with him moving forward, but I guess it makes it easier now that we get the, the dual position updates. You could move someone like a Tamalolo or even a Jairo. I had a bit of a bounce back week this week, or you can just find the cash and get Payne Haas after the suspension. But what are we doing with, with AFB? Because it's just not really enticing for me. It's a it's an awkward one with AFB because so I sold him last week and I'm happy enough with that because he hasn't really kind of burnt me. It's awkward because he's not giving horrible scores, but at the price he's not really offering the value either. So I think with the dual flexibility coming in, you will definitely see him probably being more sold. Like it's not a massive priority. That's why it's so awkward. But I feel like you can at that price get so much better value elsewhere in your team. I wouldn't mind, you know, even if you're doing a Fnul Blake down to kind of your maybe like even a Lolo, as you say, it doesn't free up that much money or even just upgrading him. Just try to get up to like someone like Papali'i. Uh, they seem like such better options in that position. Really disappointing start from Fanul Blake, just not really giving anything upside-wise that we thought because we know him historically as that tackle breaker, offloader, try scorer. Haven't really seen any of that. And the Warriors draw now does toughen up. So you start wondering when is that actually going to come? So not a priority sell, but it is one where you're thinking, geez, you're not really too happy with him. Yeah, just the front row forwards in general. Like Even Matt Lodge last year was like a decent mid-50s kind of guy. Uh, he only scored 32 this week, but Sean Johnson had a 36 break even coming into this week, uh, scored 34, so he will lose a slight bit of cash at 462k. With this tough draw, like if you own SJ, if, if you somehow didn't sell through the injury, I'd be moving off now, but the question is who do you move to because that's a kind of a gross price point. Um, Cherry Evans is out of price. Uh, Cleary hasn't had a price drop yet. Mitch Moses is just way out of price. At halfback, you could maybe go to Sam Walker, but you're going to have to find some cash to do that. Sean Johnson, it just hasn't worked as much as you'd want as an owner. Um, like I said, I doubt many have held, but the fact that, yeah, he's just not putting up points. He had a field goal as well, which boosted the attack, and they scored 25 points, and he only scored 32 or 34, sorry. Worrying signs for us, Jay, or is it just a fact that he's coming back from injury that we're going to hold tight, but the upcoming draw doesn't favor me either? Yeah, I think, look, he's not really offering too much. I think there's plenty of guns in the in the halfback and 5'8 spot that you can go move to if you've got the coin. You know, maybe we can even mention Tom Dearden. He's actually started the season really well, scored decently again as well, 64 points. So I think he's uh, he's a bit more pricey. I think he's around low 500s. Maybe he's an option. I don't know. But you, we know who the best ones are to go for. You know, your Munster, your Brown uh, slash maybe Cody Walker. 
then you've got your Hines and your Cleary uh, and your halfback or even a Mitchell Moses. So there's enough options, I think, if you can raise some funds to upgrade um, SJ. But his interview after the game was really nice, though. It was really emotional. It was good to see him, um, you know, kind of express that emotion. Oh, yeah. From an NRL fan, I'm so happy to see him back. From a Supercoach fan, it's just not translating as well as what people were hoping for in the preseason. Uh, for the Cowboys, Scott Drinkwater with a 94. I know his defense is suspect, but Todd Payton just seems to think he's not in his best 17. I'd be finding a spot for, for Scott Drinkwater. I know that the, the defense isn't great, but he's just a guy that can make things happen. Um, he offers a bit more X-factor than Din and, and Townsend. I know Din has been playing well, but Drinkwater just brings something different. Supercoach-wise, he's just way out of price for, for me to contend with him. Uh, Val Holmes with a 75. As long as he's not a fullback, I'm not overly keen, but he's putting up some decent scores week in, week out. Uh, but the one person I want to touch on, now, Ruben Cotter, 71 points. Four break-even, and at 381k, he'd be coming into probably 420k after lockout. 420, 425 thereabouts. Haven't looked at it properly. But if he's getting 60 minutes, he's PPM. We said this in the preseason. His PPM is, is astronomical. I think it pushes one PPM. The problem is he can never stay on the field, but he's now got like he's got the really good 2RF hooker duel. Um, potentially, he could be what we thought Cam McInnes was going to be at the start of the, at the start of the year. Yeah, he didn't even play 60 minutes, but 49 minutes. So, you know, you take out that line break that he had. So he's got 61 points in basically all base and attack um, in 49 minutes. As you said, that PPM is insane. I, I completely overlooked him this week, but maybe I should have given him some more thought because, um, you know, he was named to start in the late team news. And we know, obviously, when he gets minutes, he's a good good worker. So, yeah, definitely one to consider. I think the duel is really handy. You know, you can use him, get him up to your kind of reserve hooker, even if you wanted to. If you've got money, move someone like a Randall down to, you know, maybe like a Brody Jones. I don't know. Just think out loud. But yeah, no, he could definitely be an option. It's just the Peyton forward rotation. I'm I'm not never a big fan, but he's shown he doesn't need necessarily the massive minutes and he can punch out good scores. Yeah, I don't know how confident I would be paying 440k for a guy at four o'clock every Tuesday seeing him named on the bench and then sweating till half an hour before game day to see him start. Like, I don't know if I could do with that, but yeah, he's putting out great scores and you can get a good reduced rate on him. Um, like I said, it's a bit of an awkward price, but it is what it is. Hey, you mentioned Tommy Dearden. He's been playing phenomenally. The problem with Tom Dearden is... No pedigree. It's always there's always like this mindset blank of being like this guy's never performed, so it's hard to pay money for him. And the fact he had a minus seven break even this week, and he's he's going to be what five hundred and seventy k. It's just too much cash for did, and I feel paying nearly six hundred thousand for a bloke that's never done it. I'm, it's I wouldn't say trap, but I'm just so worried about him replicating it. Yeah, I get what you mean. When you're paying that much money, you want to be a bit more comfortable that you're getting someone who's like a set-and-forget gun, someone who's got a track record. Hasn't got the track record, but he has shown good form over the first five weeks. The draw does start to toughen up as well for the Cowboys, so that would put me off as well. I do think that they're like over the long term, better options, but he's playing really well. You know, people who are on him definitely enjoy the rises and, you know, could be a nice little stepping stone to your, you know, future gun half if you do currently own. So, you know, props to them but I'm not sure if I'd say he's an outright buyer. If you bought him before the round three price rises, you're going to profit at least $200,000 on him. So it's been a fantastic purchase. But if you're jumping on the ship now, I don't know, maybe I've got this like mindset blank. I mean, I didn't jump on Ruben Garrick until it was way too late last year because he wasn't really proven. But yeah, maybe you just take take the dive and, and take take the price rises. But you're paying at least $600K for, for him. And I, I don't know if I'd love that. Uh, Jason Tamalolo, 63 points, nothing special. Uh, but he's just 
creeping up 60, 61, 62 points a game. It's, it's slowly getting better. And then he gets that glorious duel this week. Should we be looking to sell Payne Haas if he's suspended for those two weeks for Lolo? He had a break even this week of 36, uh, currently 515K. So I would expect he moves up to around that 530, 535,000 mark. Uh, yeah, like you said, a move for AFB um, or even just bringing him in. Yeah, sort of mid-500Ks mid, mid 500Ks for, yeah, now that beautiful dual to our front row forward. He's performing better at, at I say prop, plays the same. But yeah, uh, can, can we get behind him? Definitely. I think he'll, he'll be a serious, um, you know, upgrade. People who are maybe looking to cash out and say Josh King, switch to someone like a Tamalolo when you can pick him up at front row forward. Um, look, he's punching out like your low 60s, but at front row forward, you'll take that, you know, when you're not spending, you know, premium price to get someone like Tamalolo up there. Now, in terms of the pain Haas issue, we're going to have to think about that more and we're going to have to see, obviously, with the whole suspension thing. But if he's out for two weeks, it does feel bad to sell because you know that he is the best front row forward in the game if you've got him you want to hold on you don't want to be burning trades just to get him out get him back in especially at a position where the upside is not quite as much as say you know if you've got like a, a Pappenhausen uh, out for two weeks at that price at fullback you kind of always want to make sure you get gun fullbacks yeah. front row forward doesn't seem quite that way so I think what you'd maybe try to work around instead is try to add Tamalolo up there and then when Painhouse comes back you've got really good depth there and then hopefully that means you don't have to worry about that position for that much longer. Yeah, I think if you're a pain house only, you can just fall back on Max King for two weeks. I think you'll get 40, 45 points, and that'll be fine. Um, what he'll be out for round six, round seven, you're getting back round eight. And then what, Origins, round 12? People going to camp at Origin for round 12, so you still get another month and a bit out of him. I don't know if I'd be rushing to sell pain house if I was an owner. Uh, let's touch on two Cowboys that have really disappointed. Uh, Jeremiah Nenai, just... Rocks or diamonds kind of guy. It's been rocks for the last two weeks. Um, the 100 is coming out of the rolling average very soon. Uh, he is definitely on the trading block for me. Um, he will make some good coin. I mean, his break even was two. He is five, 436K. He will probably go up to 450. He'll make 110K, which is worth a trade in my mind. 110K is a, a 100K is a good benchmark to make for your trades, and he's definitely made that. But are we looking for more stability or is it still too early to jump off the Nenai train or, or what? Uh, I don't know if it's too early to be jumping off. I think he's done his job, you know, if you saw him as someone just to make some money. If he makes over 100k, you know, if you've got someone like a Brody Jones and that makes you extra funds doing the downgrade. I don't think he's one of those players. Look, he's got that upside, but he has got enough of these lower scores that you might not feel too bad about getting rid because you know that, yes, occasionally he might burn you. But, you know, averaging out, he might give you like 45 um, average wise, so I think it's okay to sell this week. He probably would be a popular sell. Depends on his break even too, but no, I think taking him out would not be a, a you know very difficult choice for myself. I think if you have him, yeah, not not a not a not saying he's an outright sell, but look, he could be one of those cows who's kind of fattened up to his peak price and just time to cash in. Peter Hiku is one of the biggest supercoach trolls I can remember in a long time. Currently 412k with a 62 break even. He scored what did he score? 39, 35 points, he's going to lose cash, he's going to lose probably 20k for a grand total price rise of about 30k in the whole lifespan. This one just didn't work out what owners were hoping for. I was very, very close to buying him. I think I was $3,000 short in week three, and I'm very, very glad that I missed it because he went, what, 70, 70, shit, 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 and has done nothing. Well, unfortunately, I went one step further than you and I actually brought him into my team. And yeah, it's not been fun um, owning Hiku. He was on 56 because I think he got given a try assist for yeah. the um, 
uh, I think it was Carl Phelps try. They just did a catch and pass and it got taken away. And that was brutal because I knew that his break even was around 60. I was hoping if he stayed at 56, he would just hold value. But now he's going to drop in price. And yeah, like say, for example, if Cooler is in this week, I think I might take out Hiku for Cooler. Did not work. Just admit. Just it was a mistake and cut my losses. Hey, game three. I'll let you lead off with this one because one of my biggest sells this week, I was telling everyone to cut ties with Tony Staggs. Came out, looked like bloody Origin Turbo, uh, primed Latrell back at the Roosters, made Paul Momorowski look like a, a bush footy player. He was on fire. 108 for Tony Staggs. You've held the whole way through. Now, I know that it's it's nice to see the 108, but overall, are you happy with the five-week Tony Staggs experience, or is this just paper over the cracks? I didn't hold him. I sold him this week. Oh, I you sold him. That's right. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> I wish I've got I got all of his junk and I sold him once he popped off. It, the most frustrating thing is that this is exactly what we picked up Tony Staggs for in the beginning of the season. We knew that he's got this massive ability to break tackles, just score tries out of nothing. I'm, I'd be surprised if he hasn't yet got rid of the Paul Momorowski face face print on his palm. Honestly, he was completely all over him. And watching that, just knowing that I sold him, I was just like resigned to it. Like you know what, I, I made my I made my choice. I'm glad that Stags did well for anyone who held, but you know what? I was probably mad at about five minutes. Um, did a little poem for him. That was my swan song. You know, see you later, Katoni Stags, and that's it. Um, you know, if you held him, congrats. He's got the Panthers this week. So, you know, uh, good luck to him. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think I'll be getting Stags in anytime soon. But, look, he, he looked really good. All, all jokes aside, he looked really, really good. Um, and, yeah, that's, you know, if you held him, you'd be laughing because he looked amazing. The thing is, he's lost 50k before this week and had a break-even of 48. He's probably just made back all the money that he's lost in the first five weeks. So owners are probably just getting him back at basically break-even. And yeah, people that didn't own aren't gaining anything by waiting. Um, as you said, he's got the Panthers next week. Then it goes the Bulldogs, the, the Sharks, the Bunnies, and Manly in sort of the next five so, mixed bag, I don't know if I would be jumping on, uh, but it's just fitting that he does nothing against the bottom-feeding size and then comes out and just pumps the Roosters and, and Pomerovsky. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's, I wouldn't be rushing to buy him, but if you own, you definitely hold. Um, Corey Oates as well with 102. Shout-out to Corey Oates. Uh, Payne Haas with a 74, just doing what Payne Haas does. And your boy, Selwyn Cobo, with a bounce back with a question mark at the end of it with a 49. Hell, that that seems like a, that seems like a two hundred point game from what, he, what he's been putting up. Yeah, so I didn't actually sell Cobo because I sold the moan instead. So look, I'm happy that he actually did well. I didn't play him this week because I was just too mentally scarred for it. But yeah, you know, definitely looked better. Um, Forty nine points. I can't remember what his break even was, but hopefully that just kind of curtails the price drops. And look, he could just be some decent depth if we know the Broncos can click it. Um, then, you know, maybe Cobo's a decent hold. But, yeah, look, 49 points is good if you played him this week, but I'm not sure many would have if they'd held him because of just what he's delivered in the past few weeks. Still made a few errors, which is kind of... I think he's made the most errors out of anyone in the entire league. Um, But we have to remember, he is young, um, very raw, you know, still kind of not very refined or polished. But, um, yeah, 49, good score. But I still don't know if he'd be making it into my 17. I've been burnt too hard by him. I was hearing from every podcast, every advice page, every forum, whatever, under the sun all week that Kobe Hetherington was this big PPM beast. He was going to play 50 minutes. He was going to score 55, 60 points a game, 35 points. 
I guess this is why you don't go early. I went early on Talamay, and I was very fortunate for that. But, like, I guess this is a prime example as to why you don't go early. Brody Jones last week as well. Like, they might come into it, but Kobe Hetherington, very disappointing for a lot of the hype that he was that he had. I mean, he's going to go up in price. He had a 19 break even, but 335k or whatever he will be coming into next week. I'd rather just spend the money and get Cotter. Yeah, only played 41 minutes, which is could be a, it's always an interesting one. You know, players coming back from COVID. I think he had COVID. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You just never know quite how they might recover. wise so maybe their minutes get managed a little bit. So maybe that's another thing we need to be a bit more mindful of. You know, if the players just coming back from COVID, do we be a bit more cautious with them? In saying that, I picked up Harry Grant just after he got COVID as well, and that turned out fine. So we can't really use that as a blanket, you know, think way of thinking. But yeah, only 41 minutes is a bit of a concern. Um, big minutes again for Payne Haas. The, the question will just be what's going to happen with the suspension. I've got a feeling it's they're going to put it on him, so he might be out for two weeks, which will be frustrating, but he's showing week in, week out why he is the best front row forward. So I'll, I'll be doing everything I can to hold him and just kind of managing my front row forward without him for two weeks if that does actually happen. Yeah, I think this suspension is all but coming. Um, the NRL just couldn't get their hands with the police in time for the game, so I expect next week he to be suspended. Um, for the Roosters, though, Joey Manu back-to-back. He's going to be over 600k next week, and the Roosters draw coming up. Oh, I could justify you spending 600k on him the way he's playing. I probably couldn't, um, but if you brought him in, I, I don't hate it. Um, what I do hate is selling Sam Walker when he decides to pull his finger out and get 87 points. Makes me want to pour bleach into my eyes, which is not good, uh, but he looked he looked good. Um Looks like what we bought him for, he just wasn't putting it together. Um, was chopping and changing with the goal kicking, which is interesting to, to note. Um, but Sam Walker, his break-even was 79, so he'll make a slight bit of cash, probably go up to just under 500k. Is he a buy option, or are we just reacting and chasing the points? Uh, it could be a little bit reactive. It also really depends who you've currently got in your halves. So he's had one good score now um, in the first five weeks and he did look good and Joey Minor especially basically dragged the Roosters back into that game um so he's look we know he's got this in his game he can go really large but he does have that tendency to go low which is why I generally prefer Tupo but maybe I need to change my way of thinking about it because Manu looks really really good actually um on Friday I believe it was so yeah in terms of buying Sam Walker it feels strange when you think about buying someone who a lot of a lot of people just sold but, you know, if you've got someone like, you know, say you get another good game out of him next week and maybe you've got Brad Schneider who's made decent money, maybe you could maybe you could think about it. I think everyone is just thinking a lot about, though, getting the Hines and Cleary combo. That seems to be the way that a lot of people are going. Although you could maybe get in Hines, Cleary and Sam Walker if you sacrifice one of your fullbacks. Um, old mate Tedesco down the bottom. Yeah, there. we could, we could, sac- uh, we could sacrifice the way with Teddy. 20, 26 point James Tedesco. Hey, he's 720k. His break-even was only 77, so it wasn't that high. So he won't, he'll won't. he only lose minimal cash, I, I guess. He'll be under 600. But, yeah, I mean, going to Heinz is going to seem pretty tough with, with the way that he's going. Uh, are we selling Teddy? Is that reactive? Who do we bring in? Like Apart from Heinz, I wouldn't be selling the Gutho. I, I don't love that move, even though Gutho did score well. I'd rather just hold Teddy. Is, is this a regression for Teddy? Is he just getting back into fitness? Because what, we've seen one good score, and that was when they towed up the Cowboys last week. Are we are we panicking, or are we just going to hold hold through the, the rough times? I think if you're a non-Hines owner, there could be an argument to going with Hines, just because Hines is looking unreal. If you've already got someone like Hines, like I would have said, if Teddy, if you wanted to sell, my suggestion would have been Latrell. 
but he's, as we were going yeah. to touch on with the Rabbitohs game, he looks an issue as well. So I think I'll just be holding him. The Roosters have just looked very volatile the first few weeks of the season, very up and down the performances. Teddy looked very clunky, but then the following week he had that earlier in the season, he came out and looked really good. So I think it's just a case where the Roosters just don't seem to be quite in their groove yet. So the fact is that they still have that really nice draw. So I think you can bank on, look, it's the Roosters. They're a good team. Tedesco is a super coach guard of the past. I don't think we have to be rush out to sell. Um, you know, my experience with Stags has shown me trying to be a bit more patient is something that maybe I need to try to be better at. So I think Teddy is a hold. Unless you haven't got Heinz, then I can maybe see the switch because Heinz is looking fantastic. Although he does play the Storm this week, so he might not even want to do it this week. In all yeah, Heinz will be pushing 800k as well, so you have to find a bit of cash there. Um, just one thing to touch on quickly as well, Angus Crichton, currently 558k. He's got a 61 with a 94 break-even. He'll be someone I'm looking to target, hopefully, when he bottoms out at around 500k when he gets the start back because Nat Butcher hasn't looked the best and... and Crichton's sort of slowly getting back into favour, I feel. So he's one I'm definitely targeting uh, moving forward. The next game on the agenda, the Raiders 16, Melbourne 30. Uh, I was watching this through my fingers. Harry Grant was on 90 at full time. People thought he was going to update to 100 plus. I was sort of doing math in my head, calculating whether I could afford him or not. I think at the time I was about 10K short. I'll have to go back and redo the math, but... He ended up with a 79. Cam Munster bounced back with an 84. Uh, this is basically what you and I were talking about last week. Plenty were looking to just sell Munster to, to Dylan Brown. You and I both weren't fans of that, and I guess this is why class rises above. Uh, Justin Ollum with a 70. Josh King, I'm banning him from the podcast. Same thing with last week. He just continues to pump out junk, and owners are, owners are loving it. He gets the jewel this week as well. He's going to make like... 200k, so fantastic purchase for anyone that jumped on. Uh, he stinks of Nico Hines last year, a bloke that just keeps getting uh, points after points because of injuries around him. If you can't tell, I am quite salty. I don't own him. Uh, Nelson asked for Solomona with the lovely touch of his hair. He pumped out a 60 as well. Uh, but Ryan Pappenhausen, 39 points, 17 points in tries, 20 points in goal kicks, two points outside of those attacking stats. This was not the narrative that people had written after the back of a 190-point affair last week. No, definitely not. It seems to be a trend where out of the Storm's spine, you know, you've got Grant, Monster, Hughes, and Pappenhausen. Only three of the four are allowed to have good scores yep. each week. <laughs> last week, Monster was the one who didn't get it. Um, this week, Pappy's taking the reins off and says, you guys can't cover it. I did my bit last week. Yeah, very strange. Obviously, he did get that HIA, uh, but yeah, just not as involved. I mean, obviously, he's always hanging around the, the ruck, always looking very active in support. It just it just didn't fall for him this game. So I think that might just be something we have to realise when we've got such quality players and throw in someone like Brandon Smith there as well in the storm. Trying to get a slice of the pie, a big chunk of the pie every week is going to be maybe a bit of a challenge. I would bank on someone like Pappenhausen, Munster and Grant being the three main ones, you know, in the long term. You're just going to have these weeks, though, I think. So I wouldn't say there's anything to panic about. Look, we just saw him just go massive last week. But, uh, yeah, um, I hope people held on to Munster as well. I didn't think he was a hard sell just after one bad game. He's shown, again, what uh, quality he has. Uh, Grant, I'm extremely happy that I've got Grant um, just watching him. As you mentioned, if you don't own and you're watching him, you're just terrified because he's so dangerous. We're it's... talking about Chris Randall doesn't run the ball. Harry Grant, like, if he gets a half a glimpse, he's gone. Yeah, he's that's... always going to find, you know, forwards. Yeah, he's, that's he's the thing so that good. that's so the thing good. that's so hard to watch. Is just he will run at any given moment, um, and we'll touch on him shortly. But Ryan Pappenhausen scored less than forty points, and he'll still be close to nine hundred k at the end of the week. He had a break even of minus forty seven, so he still went what 
90 points above his break even. So he will be pushing close to 900k. Uh, yeah, I would not be panicking at all. Um, but shout out to anyone that traded at um, Gutho this week and they brought in Pat. I feel for you guys. Um, hey, let's touch on, on Xavier Coates. We've been blessed, or owners have been blessed with attack the first four weeks. Uh, I think owners knew what they were getting themselves into uh, if he didn't jag an attack, and, and it's very AJ, uh, AJ or Alex Johnson levels of, of output here. 15 points in 80 minutes. Like I said, I, I'm an owner. I can't be upset because I was, I've been blessed the first four weeks. But, yeah, you just got to strap in for the ride, and that's what you're, you're basically in for. Uh, when it comes to the Raiders, Valenay with a 77, Nickel Klukstar with a 74, uh, Schneider with a 65, and I did, didn't see him do a whole lot this game. So, as a non-owner, concerning because he is going to make a boatload of money. Uh, minus 33 break-even, uh, currently plus 75K. He's going to make two two fifty. Um, I feel... And how long has he got? He's probably got another four or five weeks left until Fogarty's back. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens when that comes back. Um, super coach wise, Tom Starling with a 58. His break even was 22, so he'll make a little bit of cash, kind of up and down. He just looks... When Canberra on the front foot, he's another one that's very scary not to, to, to watch when you don't own because he's just looking for, for runs left, front and center as well. Yeah, got a line break in this game. Was very busy, um, you know, disrupted play. I think we've seen previously teams that can offload against the Storm tend to have the most success. Uh, and so around that, when you're getting offloads, and someone like Starling's a great runner of the ball, always looks very dangerous. But yeah, bit up, bit up and down, but still not a bad option. You know, if you've got him at the moment, wouldn't be panicking. Showed a pretty decent output there. Like he's a lot more exciting even to just watch than someone like a tackle bot than Randall. <laughs> so Starling, yeah, still, still a decent get. Um, want to touch on Schneider as well, just real quickly. So he's looking like a great cheap. He's still a halfback. Um, I was thinking about maybe upgrading him, but the way that he's going, I think it's just try to rise the cash rises if I can. 28 tackles, 16 points in goals. So like you're already looking at such a strong floor. He's a very good defender. Like 28 tackles for a halfback is, is like a lot. Um, you know, that's six more tackles than say like Josh King, who's a middle playing in, in the storm. Uh, so, yeah, Schneider's got a really good floor, should make a lot of money. Um, he's the only player I've really got of interest from the Raiders. Uh, just don't trust their attack at the moment. They look very clunky, so I'm not really looking at many of their backline players. It's only really Starling and Schneider I think I'm really considering out of the Raiders. Shout out to Schneider owners who paid 170k for him for 65. I just paid a million bucks for Cleary's 55-point output, so well done to you guys. Uh, moving on to the Bunnies and the Dragons. If you talk about clunky games, Jesus Christ, this was not a fun watch. Um, Keon Kulmatungi, 98 points. Damien Cook, 85. Milne, 80. Graham, 74. Arrow, 67. Kind of rounds it out. Um, for the for the Dragons, just quickly running over the scores, Sewer 78, 76 for Matt Fiego, 65 for Embi, 62 for Lomax. So, there is a reason why, or when it comes to my personal trades, I'm looking at either fixing up my front row forward, and that's moving Lolo up, or fixing my hookers. I think Starling has done enough to maybe hold down the hooker fort for a week. But I'll tell you what, like on the podcast on Tuesday, I was sitting with Adrian or Adrianosaurus, and we were both in agreement that we preferred Damien Cook as a buy over Harry Grant for the 80k that you save. Um, and he came out on top, 85 point game. He's just a tackle bot. I think he plays more minutes through Origin as well. Um, as I said to you, like Melbourne have the Cheese and the Bunnies have Saliva Havili. So <laughs> I think that I think Cookie might be forced to play uh, some more game time through Origin. And look, if the if the Rabbitohs aren't haven't started the, the best. 
and Jason Demetrio is chasing wins, maybe he just plays his men through the middle. Um, Cam Murray, very fortunate he didn't get some junk uh, when he had that disallowed try, but that would have put Cookie at, what, 110, 120 points. So, yeah, I'm very much liking the idea of buying Damien Cook over Harry Grant if you're looking for a hooker now. Yeah, I personally have probably, to my own detriment, overlooked Cook. He's done really well the last few weeks, and I think seriously is looking like back to what we've seen in the past. Past couple of seasons, he was kind of not running as much, just seemed to be averaging that like your mid-50s, but he seems to be back to his running best. You know, good draw for the Rabbitohs coming up as well. If you can't stretch up to someone like Harry Grant, who I still think is the best option to go for, but you can pick up someone like Cook at a lot cheaper, who's not going to give you that much worse in terms of scoring based on what we've seen recently. I do like him as a buyer. Yeah, you know, you can go uh, like, like a Grant uh, Cook combo would be really enticing. You know, if you want to go there as a bit of a pod move instead of, you know, messing around with your like your second or forward or your halves, for example. So no, I really like Cook as a buyer. Um, and yeah, a lot of good performances here from the, the Rabbitohs, like Campbell Graham, 74. Uh, he's definitely been um, doing re- pretty well recently. Um, as has uh, Jai Arrow, a bit of a resurgence there. Cam Murray only 56. He did get a try disallowed, a disallow, which he probably should have gotten. So yeah, he would have, been on, probably does. would have been on 82, 83 yeah. points. We wouldn't be discussing this. Yeah, for sure. So I still think he's, look, he's going to be top dollar now. So whether or not you want to go now or maybe wait until he's come back down in price a little bit, but he's still going to be a great option. I think you can lock in for the majority of the season. I would say you were talking about Angus Crichton. You could get Crichton maybe a lot cheaper. If I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be going Murray now. I feel like South have run him into the ground the first five weeks. You've got Origin coming up. Like I just feel his minutes take a bit of a hit personally. Um, and you're gonna. Oh, it's not gonna be awful, but this is probably what you're expecting. Um, look, Damian Cook had a had a break even of forty, and he scored eighty five, so forty five points above his break break even. Uh, Harry Grant's break even was twenty five. Harry Grant's gonna be close to seven hundred k. Cook's gonna be about six twenty. Now for the eighty k that I save. I think Cook can kind of match that. I'm not saying he matches Grant, but for the 80K you save, I think it's five points difference between the two of them. And if you're looking for a hooker, I'm I'm taking Grant over. I'm taking sorry Cook over Grant just for the money saved. Whereas you're in the other camp, aren't you? Well, I I, I kind of made my bed going with Grant. I thought he's a standout. He's one oh, yeah, that I just want. If, but preseason, yeah, I pre-se- preseason, yeah. I understand. If if you're looking for a hooker right now, are you taking Cook? Or are you taking Grant? I still think I'll take Grant. Just he just seems as though he just like craps points. Honestly, the guy just seems to get points in any way. Although Cook, maybe I should be thinking a bit more about Cook. I still think I'd lean Grant if I could, but Cook is uh, showing to himself to be a great option. I think yeah, 80k saving is not insignificant. So I, my preference is still going to be Grant. I like I love the guy despite him being a Queenslander and destroying us in Origin. Uh, I think he's like just hands down the best, as you know, Willie Mason will tell you that as well. But Damien Cook, yeah, 80k saving, I think is going to be, is still a very good buy. 41 tackles, six tackle busts, four offloads, a line break in there, um, 10 hit ups as well, two hit ups over eight meters, oh, sorry, two hit ups under eight meters, and a couple of errors there. Like, just an all, like, yeah, I just feel like he's a 40 point tackle, and then he's obviously got that massive running upside. So does Grant. Uh, I just like the 80k that's saved, and you could probably, probably use that elsewhere. Um, Jai Arrow, as you said, 67 points. Was worried about his output the last two weeks with lower minutes, but playing well in the absence of Mark Nichols, which is nice. Um, apart from that, though, I mean, Cody Walker, 10 points. Hey, I put a post up in the preseason about his average without um, without without uh, Adam Reynolds, and it was like a 30-point drop-off. 
I didn't expect it to be this bad, though. No, I don't think anyone is expecting Cody Walker to have such a significant drop-off, like 10 points in 80 minutes. I think it was on the zero at halftime, which is insane to think of. Just even just in general play, it doesn't, doesn't seem quite um, as fluid as what it was last year. So, just like, like I, if anyone's still holding him, like, like what would you do? Like, he would, he's going to lose bulk cash. For me, you'd kind of want to bank on the draw, but... Honestly, like he's not showing anything. Like Ilias is a boatload cheaper, and he's looking a lot safer as an option, better base, and is still looking pretty good. Uh, but yeah, it's a strange one. I'm not. I just can't put my finger on why he's like been so poor. Well, that's like, that's, the, that's the question. That's the question I'm going to ask you now. He's going to be about 530k after this round, and if you own, you've lost 200 thousand on him. Do you just? Like, do you just have to, like, dig your boots into the ground and be like, stuff it, we're holding? Or do you cut ties? Because 200K is a pretty sizable investment to lose. And that draw, like, the draw is there. But what what do you do? Because my, my, my original plan was to trade out um, Nanite to Jones and, and then go Ilias to Walker. But those plans have been scratched after this game. No, I don't think you'd be doing that move now. I think... To answer your question, I think I would hold for the reasons you said. Like, you'll be losing 200k. The draw is still good. He is a gun. So, you just have to hope that he can turn it around. And maybe then you just try to rely on Ilias making some cash and upgrade him, maybe to one of your other guns. But yes, it's not. It's a, it's a hard hold. It's not. It doesn't feel great, but it does feel bad. Probably feels worse, you know, dropping the 200k that you've already kind of lost on him. You only lose that once you sell. So, God, I need Zach Lomax in my team. The guy just gets points. I don't know what what did he do. Nothing. Points he gets he, sixty points he's always, doing nothing. He's, he's always high up in terms of the errors as well. He makes a lot of errors. He's always high up there in every season. Six, I, don't, I don't know where he gets points from. I love the guy. I had him in my preseason team. I'm really annoyed that I didn't stick with him because he just gives you sixty points a week. It just does nothing. Just get him a try. I don't even know has he got a try yet. I can't even remember. But yeah, he's a great option. Um, despite all the errors, just. That flick, he does a great giddly flick. So there's always a potential for triasis with him as well. Uh, yeah, 522k. No, maybe AFB by Jules if you want to swap to someone like a Lomax. Oh, if God, you can that, make that that's work. tasty. Um, so he had four points in goals. Uh, he had a try, which was 17. He had eight points in tackle busts. He had 10 points in line breaks. That's one line break. He had 20 hit up or 20 points in hit-ups above eight metres. So that's 10. He had seven regular hit-ups. He had, yeah, minus four points in errors. So, like, the bloke just racks up points. The accumulator. I think that's that's the popular term that everyone's using. The accumulator, Zach Lomax. Uh, not setting the world on fire, but, like, I just don't think I've done a review where he's gotten, like, less than 55 points, and he's just been unreal in a side that's getting pumped every week. So, when that turns around, that would be ideal. Uh, for the Dragons, though, not much to touch on. Uh, ben Hunt, nine points after 80 minutes. Ideal, um, considering... He, he is owned by Feb. He, he had a couple of decent scores the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, Ben Hunt is uh, in Jason Sard levels of uh, point production there. Um, this next game was riddled in controversy. Uh, the Titans 20, the Parramatta Eels 26. Uh, I'm just waiting for Supercoach to update their players and put in the security guard. wonder what price he's coming in at because man can make a tackle. Man can make a tackle. That was a very good technique. He's obviously come through the juniors and the Tigers, uh, not Tigers, sorry, the Titans have, um, you know, nurtured him nicely, sit him on the on the park there, just off field. 
if they ever need like a, you know an 18th man they can throw him on there because that was a very nice clean tackle and I love Moses' reaction as well to that that was hilarious my reaction to David Fafita getting updated from 77 points to 107 however is not good uh, this podcast isn't monetized so I don't really care but fuck David Fafita uh, I sell him, I sell Sam Walker, man, fuck him. Like, he just realizes, he's like, you know what? These guys aren't giving me the ball. So I'm just going to go to dummy half and just do it myself. Absolutely love it. I I cannot, I saw people in the chat asking earlier, where did Fafita get his extra 40 points? I cannot tell you where. No, he got I got no idea. Points. I have zero idea where he got his points from, but I'm an owner. Thank God. He finally showed us a bit of a glimpse of 2021. Now, it seemed a bit jammy, you know, 77 points up to 107. But I thought, look, I've held strong. He's done me well this week, 107 points. And he gave us a glimpse of 2021. So I thought he he needs a poem, a short one. It'll be a short poem, but I thought I'll put something together for Fifi because especially I know a lot of people did sell him. So especially because I I lost out on Stags, but I've gotten Fifi to score. I think it's it's worth it. So this one is going to be short and sweet. Big Dave grabs a ton. In the Gold Coast heat. He's showing us some 2021 form. He ran from dummy half and he was just gone. We had some entertainment from the streaker, but they couldn't top our boy Fafita. Fuck Fafita. Fuck your poem. I'm so filthy. Like, I just, I'm so, so filthy. Like, if I had a decent week, I wouldn't care. But the fact that I scored less than a thousand and Fafita just gets 107 just to make it like add insult to injury. Bloke can't do anything against the ti- the Tigers, but like just pumped it up. So salty. Um, apart from that, Bo Firma, ugh. I mean, he had a minus 26 break even, so he still makes some good cash. But like, yeah, once he makes it 100k, he is also gone. Don't know who to, but he's gone. Um, but yeah, not ideal. Titans came back into it, but not enough to overcome Gutherino, Moses. They combined it for 187 points between the two of them. Uh, Maddo gets back in the starting side with an 86 point affair. A large part of that game is actually played in the centers as well. So, uh, he had a 91 break even, so he won't make any money, which is okay. Um, so interesting to see what happens with their IPAP 80 points as well. He's someone I'm also very look, very much looking at. Uh, Ranky Campbell-Gillard, 64. Bally Simonson with a 63. Brown, uh, Nathan, the variety of Brown, scored a 60. Dylan, the variety of Brown, scored a 56. Thank God for a couple of junky attack points because that was going to be rough. Um, but look, we see Wunga Blake could potentially be out. Um, I think we also saw Tom Opachik maybe picked up a knock. So is this the return of uh, our preseason hero, Naduki? He'll be coming in at a bottom dollar rate. Hopefully, we can get him. He can fill the Sean Russell void. Yeah, hopefully. Um, it's one of those teams where you, your left wing spot for the Parramatta Eels is just money. You just want that winger because they just get so many points. Like Wanga Blake, look, he only got 18, but he did look good in that game. So I'm actually not quite sure how that translated in terms of him only getting the 18 points. I think he was. But I overall, think he got injured like after 30 minutes. Something. He, he did get it. Yeah, that's that's right. He did but get he that got, injury. He got I thought he didn't enough. He got 100 that. points yeah. last week. Yeah, that, that spot is really is really good for the Eels. So if we do get a nice cheapie there, again, don't have to bring in straight away, but they do have a good draw. So you maybe want to take that risk. It's similar to a Taylor May. You know that that spot is just so good. That's one of the spots where you can maybe take that risk going in early. Dylan Brown, like 56, the base was very down this week, which is a bit of a concern. Like, obviously, we know that he's got a really high floor and was averaging like 38 in base coming into this week so only the the 18 tackles and a lot of attacking stats here making up that 56 you know try try assist and the line break assist so very junk very junk time points there so i'm happy with that like and yourself as an owner a little bit of a concern 
I think it's showing that Moses is probably still maybe the better option out of the two. I think just with the goal kicking, and he's looking in really good form as well. So there were two very popular buyers this week. Neither of them did you bad. Moses with a 90, though, like that's a really, really good score from him. You know, still looking maybe. I mean, I'm thinking about it myself. If I even want to go to Cleary straight away, maybe do I just stick with a Moses don't, for a little bit? Because I'll give you some advice. Breaking is going to be low. Don't go to Cleary don't. straight away. <laughs> I, look, I'm not saying sell him. I'm not saying at all sell him. But if you're a Will Panasini owner, you've got to be looking for a fourth center wing, I feel, because like he's had one good game and the rest kind of mediocre. He won't let you down. He'll be a 40-point guy, but how much attack is there? I'm not saying sell him, but should we be looking for maybe another playable center wing option? No, I, I agree. He's never going to let you down because his base is really good. He's a very good defender. He was he did a really good job on, um, I think it was Sammy who was opposing. So like 20 tackles is quite a lot for a center. But as we, as we just mentioned, the, the Parramatta left side is their predominant attack. And quite often if the ball goes to IPAP playing on the right edge, he just takes a run himself. He doesn't tend to go for... Uh, you know, the, the offload out, he might offload it back infield. Uh, so yeah, Penasini, I think if you've got, look, he's fine to play in good matchups, but I don't know if we can rely on him as we were starting, starting to build up to our strongest 17. I don't think he'd be making up that strong 17. I think he's more your fifth or sixth center wing. Very good depth player because he is ultimately playing for a good team. But yeah, I'm not as confident playing him week on week. My center is an issue though, so he probably will be for the next few weeks as it is. But no, I think I think you're right. Not necessarily someone that we can maybe trust, um, you know, in our strong 17 center wing. Now, you bring Palms to this podcast. I bring sound bites. Uh, read money. That, that deserves sending off. I just bit him. Mitch Rain on the bench. Read money sucks. I don't know what's happened. I wish I just started with Grant. I wish I just paid the extra 40K and started with Grant because I had money and I just. Ugh, so annoying. Uh, moving into what have we got Sunday's games. Uh, God, I don't even want to talk about this one either because I had the captaincy on uh, on our boy Nicholas Hines all week, and I just thought, you know what, haven't had the best week. Got to chase the points. We took the captaincy off Nico, and uh, yeah, he just for everyone that said that you know what, he's a flash in the pan. Last week's Nico Hines, he just put a big middle finger up to you. 116 points. Um, I said on Twitter that Nico Hines isn't your stepping stone to Cleary. He's your partner with Cleary. Uh, I just don't see well where you ever sell Nico Hines. No, I agree. Uh, just the ultimate accumulator. Like, he had lots of negative points here. He had quite a few goal kicks that he missed. He had, like, four errors as well and still manages 116. He's looking a bit more of a unicorn. Some people will say, you know, it seems like he'll get some of those attacking stats when you don't think he's deserving of it. Justice for my boy Siffer. Hashtag justice for yeah, Siffer. So <laughs> yeah, so there's a few points that you might say is a little bit dubious. My opinion is always, look, don't fight it, just go with it. If he's a unicorn, just get him and just take the unicorn. Yeah, there's, there's no point and, complaining, is there? Like, I did this with Garrick last no. year. I was just like, oh, this is so crap. Why, like, why is he getting all these points? Blah, blah, blah. I did it with Cleary, did it with Turbo last year. Um, yeah, lick your wounds and just say, you know what? If they're going to reward these guys, you've just got to get them. But the problem is, he is going to be, what, he's 768k. Had a break even of 76. He went, what, 50 points above that. He's going to be 800K. And that's a lot of money you're going to have to find. Yeah, it does play the storm this week. But as we say, like, the break even still could be low. I think I think we've seen enough evidence now. I think this is the, his third ton in the first five rounds of the season. Uh, he's just looking a serious super coach option. So I think very happy that I've kind of made the switch to get him in my team. 
um, because he's just looking like one of those guys. So the points just come from everywhere. And uh, despite all those negative points, the fact that he goal kicks, you know, he's, he's the focal point of that Sharks attack. It just means he's a great option. And he's like the Sharks overall. I'm really impressed with what I'm seeing. I know the Tigers are not the best um, opponent, but they've shown really good form to begin the year. Um, like if you want to look at the scores there, like all the backline players from the Sharks are doing well. Like Talakai was your lowest performing backline player, like excluding Matt Moylan. And he got 54. But, you know, Ramian, Mulatalo, Katoa, Kennedy, these guys are all scoring so well. They're just really nailing those sweet plays. And um, you've got the likes of, say, Ramian, who's just kind of what we saw last year, you know, tackle-breaking, offloading. So his winger is definitely benefiting a lot. Um, and then just the sweet plays will really help out the likes of, say, Mulatalo on the left. And Talakai is just a tackle-breaking machine. So all these guys have got their own ways of getting to points. But I'm thinking long and hard, you know, after the Storm game, I think they run is pretty good. It's elite. Like, yeah. honestly, like, their, their draw is, is just fantastic. Um, do we think Cam McInnes doesn't own Nico Hines in his supercoach team? <laughs> I, I mean, look, we're talking about unicorn points, but uh, Hines should have... Oh, I look at like Captain Hines. I really wanted every point that I could get. McInnes just passing you a left, mate. Why are you passing to the right? Don't you know that 25% of supercoaches had Hines as captain? It was a bit, a bit frustrating, you know. I want yeah, more. He definitely do, definitely doesn't own him. Uh, Will Kennedy, 90. Uh, Sianni Katoa, you were mentioning uh, a good start on Sianni Katoa. He has had uh, a quietly good start to Civic Coach. I think he's what, had like what, four consecutive scores over 60. Yeah, I'll quickly I'll quickly read him out here. So he's gone um, since so round one was a low score, only a 15. But after that, he's gone 80. Um, uh, sorry, 80. Sorry, my bad. One second. Great audio Who's content. Up? Sorry, <laughs> he's gone. He's gone 80, 78, 71, um, and then now the uh, 88 this week. So really nice full run game there for Katoa. Apologies for the glitches there. No, you're right. <laughs> he, he um he was someone Brew and I highlighted in the preseason. Him and, and Ronaldo, they both just both these guys will go on runs, and you just got to pick your timing with them. And it seems like yeah, he's in the midst of, of one of those runs now. Uh, Ronaldo with a 77 as you touched on. Ramian 75. Uh, McInnes. I don't love seeing him score points because I just want him to bottom out as quick as possible. We can we can buy him when he eventually does bottom out and get the start back. Uh, Britton Nakora, the 59. Uh, and Sifatalakai, 54, doing nothing. Did absolutely nothing. Scored 54. Potentially could go up to 75, um, depending on what kind of updates happen. But yeah, like as known, I'm not fast. Uh, does play the storm next week, which is not ideal. I bought him to to, to, to absolutely demoralise James Roberts, but he pulled out after he realised that he had to defend him. Uh, but I still think he gave Luke Garner a bath as well. Like he was just even you said it yourself. Like you and I were talking throughout this game, and and you don't own him. And every time he gets the ball, it's just like oh god, like what's going to happen here? Oh, he was he was so close to scoring one or two tries. And as you said with the updates, like if you own Talakai, don't be disappointed with fifty four. It didn't do much, but my goodness, the ceiling is definitely there. Like, he is so threatening. Um, really terrifying as a non-owner. So if you've gotten this week, uh, you know, obviously um, no one who got gotten this week is going to be thinking about selling him. But um, I think it would just be interesting to see if he keeps his spot. But the way that he's going, he's looking um, really, really damaging. And I th- would be surprised if he loses his spot. Uh, the only person on the Tigers I want to highlight is coming to a luggy. Looks like it could be a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he's just gotten a few HIAs in the recent games, so his minutes just get curtailed a little bit. Um, he looks good, you know, when he gets the ball and things. He's a good runner. Just doesn't seem to be that serious moneymaker that I think that we all hope for. So, yeah, a bit disappointing. I, at that price, I'm not sure where you can really move to, so it's probably just going to be a hold sitting on people's um, benches. But 
I wouldn't be playing him with any confidence. Um, like I currently have him as a non-playing reserve, and I don't think I'll be playing him anytime soon either. But like, I mean, look at the rest of the Tigers. Like, is there anyone else that you want to buy? Like, n- there's nothing there for me that interests me. I don't know, man. Luke Brooks is looking pretty enticing. Um, no, nah, in all seriousness, the Tigers, Just, Tigers are fucking rubbish. I mean, nine points in was he typically at one point one million next year? Like, it's pretty doesn't really sound like value for me. Yeah. Uh, Tigers, just kick them from the comp. I don't know. Bring back the Adelaide Rams or something. Western Reds, I don't care. Anyone else. Uh, the last game of the round, God, Penrith won by 20, but they played dreadful this game. I felt like they just, it shows you how good they are. They can play awful and still put up 32 points. Yeah, they, they only need a few a few times in the game where they just put on their really slick plays down their left side. So the likes of Taylor May, Targo, Luai, just all benefit kick out. And then they're just kind of, they've got a, they've got a strong defense, you know, good forward pack, so they can kind of just manage the game out from there. So yeah, like they're still not at their best, which is kind of the terrifying thing, you know. They're just putting on thirty-two points, albeit it's the Bulldogs, but just doing it with ease. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah, Taylor May and Targo, I mentioned it on Twitter, like just just lock these guys in your center wing and just don't even think about it. Like I'm not even concerned when Toto comes back. Like no. I'd be shocked if. Taylor May gets dropped out of the team. He's shout so out to, good. Shout, He's out to, shout out to Staines, who just had that wide open try line and just dropped it cold. Um, I was seeing on Twitter and a lot of in my sort of message requests, people were like, "Oh, I'm gonna show you how much I know about Supercoach." People are like, "Oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna put the risky C play on May," and I just kept thinking, "Are you like, are you all there? Like, are you just the full quid? Like, why would you captain May?" And then he just, what he had like sixty points after about forty seconds in the game. Yeah, look, I, I think I saw that as well. I think I saw people saying they might captain like Targo. Like, I, I'm not sure if I'd ever do that. But look, my balls are too small like, to do that. Like, I just don't carry we, enough we, big ones. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we did. We were strongly considered captaining the likes of a Toto or vice captaining him last season. Taylor May is just a carbon copy. I don't see why you couldn't. You know, if Panthers are playing on a Thursday and you don't own Cleary, just chuck a VC on Taylor May. That's what it's looking like because. He's just crapping points. Honestly, he's just breaking tackles, gets line breaks. Like, jeez, scores tries. He's if if you don't uncle- if you don't include, geez, that might be me after this week because I just coughed up a million bucks for a bloke that pumped out fifty five. Albeit, I mean, he took the line on like three times and and could have had three tries. He um, Isaac Tago obviously doesn't own him in Supercoach either because he was wide open when Tago darted cross field. So, it, and uh, on another day, we could be sitting here clear with it with, with one hundred and fifty points, but. I guess the promising thing for owners is he did. He scored fifty five doing nothing, um, and looked like he can kick the ball again finally because last week was not not ideal. Um, Liam Martin, the thorn in my side because he just he's Kirk Capewell from last year. He just is. He will score you twenty five points or he will score you sixty five points. And with clearly coming back, I can only see stocks rising. I wouldn't be rushing out to buy him, but if you're an owner, you've got to be happy. Um, Eisenhuth with a sixty four. Uh, Dylan Edwards. Top three fullback in the game right now. Don't at me. Uh, Turbo's out. Pong is crap. Gutho, maybe. But, like, Dylan Edwards, just, he's just... He does what Ivan Cleary needs him to do every week, and he's a very serviceable fullback. Uh, Isaiah Yo, 57, as an owner. Happy, sad, indifferent? Uh, indifferent. Um, a little bit concerning, actually. I think he only played about 58 minutes, and I did buy him knowing that there could be a risk that with Cleary coming back, his output would drop, and that's definitely happened. You know, the first two weeks of the season has have been his best in terms of super coach points. So if anyone is an Isaiah Yo owner, he has played the big minutes, so 58 this week is a bit of a concern. Now he's got given the try assist as well for um, 
I can't remember whose try it was. So I was happy with that as an owner. Oh, bro. But for not the, sure for that the, yeah, for the, the, I know the, you might not yeah, feel so happy about that. Cause <laughs> I don't know. Just I'm filthy about um, that. I'm so... No, I'm just filthy because like... Oh, because Sifa got dudded before and then Cleary got dudded the next game. Like, I just got bent over and fisted this week. I just feel like I was so smug. I was just like, I had like the biggest ego. I was like walking around with the big lat syndrome. I was 10 foot tall, man. I pumped out two scores of 1300, top 500 rank. And then like the Supercoach gods just absolutely humbled me this week. Sifa got shafted. Cleary got shafted. I didn't get my Tupo junk. I normally get every week. I just, oh, I'm not, not happy. Um, I'll tell you what, Matt Duffy will not be happy either. He had a stinker with a capital S. Yeah, four points. Um, if anyone watches the game in the commentary, you know that it was very made very obvious that at halftime he had made what, one run for two meters. Just horrible night. Great horrible, levels. Horrible night. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, I was very smug to you in the DMs when, uh, what's his name? TBJ crashed over because I was like, oh, TBJ, I told you last week on the pod, he's a good buy, get him in. Um, he had 59 points with the try. <laughs> he played like the whole game. Not good. Yeah, it, that is a bit concerning. Um, the offload numbers weren't as high as what, what it was last Expected, week. Expected though against, Mal- against Penrith. Yeah, like, I would expect Panthers. that. They're a good defense. Yeah, so it is concerning. Set um, 59 points with a try, but still someone you should keep an eye, keeping an eye on. I think he was playing in the middle this week uh, as well. Yeah, so the Trent Barris, did that last Trent Barris well. on this yeah. weird thing Seems where like weird. he defends in the middle but attacks on the edge. Like him and Josh Jackson are sort of shifting, which I don't know if Josh Jackson's best. I don't know. I don't know if you want TBJ defending in the middle. I don't know. I don't know. I'm no coach. Uh, Max, Max King, though, he is a stud. 49 points in about six minutes of game time. Like he is just a, a weapon. He needs to get more minutes. I don't know where he gets them from, but he just needs more minutes. Yeah, played Max King this week. Very happy. He's looking like as you know, as we talked about previously with someone like a Payne Haas. If he's gone for two weeks, I think you can plug in Max King. He's hitting around forty to forty-five a week, which you'll take. You know, thirty-four minutes he played for forty-eight points. He loves an offload. You know, punching out forty-eight against the Panthers. I think he did get a couple of offloads away. You're not going to find that many better teams at restricting offloads. You know, maybe the Storm, but not really much else. He's just looking a great option. You just plug in for a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, I'm, f- I'm not even sure when I would cash him out because well, that's that, that's literally what I was going to say. Not screaming. I think I would it's sell. Not screaming out any major option. I would probably sell him in about a month. His break even this week was 13. Um, you'd think next week it's like what 20, and then the week after maybe 27, and then maybe 35. Once his break even gets to 40, I'd probably look to move him on. Um, because then like, what's the point? But then, yeah, who do you move him to? So if he can make you 150k, sick, uh, and then and then move him on. Um, but yeah, he's been my second front row forward for the entire year. I uh, played him with that giant arrow, and that's what I'm. De- that's what I'm debating. Do I do I try and get Damien Cook in for Tom Starling, or do I play Tom Starling and then try and get in a, a better front row forward or a better two RF? Sorry. So that's something that I will have to contend with myself. But that is gonna, I guess, wrap up the round review. Just to recap, I did very not good. Uh, I did. T- 924 points after scores of 1,300 and nearly 1,400 last week, whereas yourself, you've had a poor start, and you're hitting your straps now, 1,167. Yeah, cheers. I think it's just, I've been, I've been really lucky, I guess, with the captaincy. The captains, captaincy has been a big one, where the last two weeks I've been able to nail the correct one. Um, they had, like, my team's not perfect. There's definitely players who are underperforming, but that captaincy is just covering the cracks to an extent, which is kind of what I need. Otherwise, I'd be slipping even further. Couple of players coming in like Aiken as well and Fifi 
Um, we'll mention him again. Why not? 107. I don't know how he got that. I've just muted. I've just muted you, by the way. Um, I've just turned you down. We're not talking about Feder in this podcast. We're not. We're not. We're not talking about it. I literally just turned your mic down so no one can hear you talking about him. Um, as for as for me, like if I captained, what's his name? If I captained Hines, I would be up around a thousand. But yeah, I, I can't. I can't complain. Um, any early trade plans for you? I know we're recording this at 9:30 on a Sunday, but any sort of rough trade plans? Jeez, I haven't really given it too much thought. I think it kind of depends a lot on the Payne Haas situation just to see how I can manage that. And I you, could just plug in Josh King and Max King. And your center wings props. as well are pretty weak, aren't they? You're like, that's probably that's probably the area where you'd look to upgrade. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to say center wing, I think, is definitely the area where I've got the most concern. You know, I've got the likes of Hiku, who's just not performing. Billy Smith as well. It kind of depends on what happens with him, TLT. Hopefully he comes back. If not, that's going to be an issue. I've still got Cobos against the Panthers. I can't play him there. So my center wing is definitely going to be needing addressing. So, you know, early thoughts, maybe someone like Hiku down to like cooler, if he gets named fit, that frees up maybe like 300K. I've already got 70K in the bank. So 370K, maybe it means I can upgrade potentially um, one of my other dud center wings. Like I've still got Valea. I'm just not sure what's happening with him. I know he's bottom price, but I could maybe even try to upgrade him. Maybe I can switch him up to say like a um, even a, a one of the, one of your guns in. one of one of one of your guns center wings like you know your low max your tupos um, for example or if I had three hundred seventy k in the bank I could even upgrade maybe Randall potentially to Damien Cook if the math works in my head you were that saying might that be before. I'd have the Grant Cook I don't know if I love that I don't know if I love the Grant Cook conundrum because you're not selling either of them but then you've got no one to play over Origin and then what's the point of buying them. Um, so I don't know mm. if I'd love both of them. Um, I was saying before, you could sell Vale to someone like Naduki if he gets named. Um, that could be a shout or that, you know, Brad Arthur just might play Cardi in the centers and, and just fuck us sideways. So I don't, I don't know. Um, as for myself, yeah, I think the big thing for me is just trying to get Tago back down to, to center wing. I'm going to run out my 2RF. I don't really know how I'm going to do that. Um, I think the center wings I'm running right now are Tupo, Coates, May, and someone. Someone else, um, but Tago? no, no, I got taken on two RF. Unfortunately, no. um, I need to get f- Nenai out. He is definitely coming out this week. But the the question is, as I said to you in the podcast a couple of times, do I bring in Damien Cook or do I bring in someone like a Hamole? Um, it's either a it's a, yeah, it's either a sub six hundred k two RF or, or Damien Cook. So that's what I'm contending with. But yeah, we'll touch on that teamless Tuesday. As I say to a lot of my followers, I'm not going to look at your trade requests before Teamless Tuesday, so I don't expect people to listen to mine, but that's where my head is sort of sitting. Uh, mate, I appreciate you. I'm very glad you've, you've had a better week this week. Um, hopefully there's some more some more palms next week, but hopefully there's palms for guys that I own um, because we need to bounce back. Uh, top 500 is not happening. If I could be anywhere in the top 5K after this week, I'd be happy. But yeah, we live and learn, we move forward, uh, and we go from there. Mate, I, I appreciate your time. Um, I have to get going today, so no questions on YouTube, and I'll let you... Get ready for your big boy job tomorrow. Aman, I thank you very much for joining me uh, for the round five review, mate. No, all good. Um, good fun doing it again on Sunday. So, yeah, thanks for having me. And don't worry, next week I'm sure things will bounce back for you. Next week, uh, yeah, Sifa Talakai is going to absolutely monster. Remus Smith is going to score 120. And, I don't know, something else is going to happen that's that's going to help for me. For Fida, he's going to score three points. Uh, I've been the SC Whisperer, coach of the Ramsey Resurgence. I've been joined by Aman, coach of the irrev- the very original name, Aman Talks NRL SC. Um, we'll be back next Sunday. I'll be back on Tuesday with Adrianosaurus. Uh, until then, bye for now. Good luck after lockout and peace. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. 
Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.